Okay, so hey, Bamal. Um, we have a couple topics to discuss today on product management. Sure. Uh, and so these ones came from the most recent course. Uh, the first, which was which was great to see <laughs> everyone's questions. Um, mm -hmm. One that I really liked was discussing how a product management framework can be implemented. Um, into the service-based industry. Um, and I like this question a lot because I think oftentimes when you read about product management, it's more yeah. aimed at a larger company. So yeah, I'd like to hear your thoughts. And the reason I share that article is, A, it's a problem-solving framework, right? You have any problem and you follow through this checklist of things to ask and ask yourself and you actually uh, get an answer to that. And more importantly, in a service-based income, I agree with you, like sometimes uh, it's, you read about all these things and hey, it makes sense for the big companies, how do our small companies, how our our case? And in our case, right? So here's our normal scenario. I got an idea and I want you guys to build a product for me, right? That's a general uh, thought process, that a thought process that happens when we build product for somebody else. Is that right? Yeah. So then that happens, right? That happens, then let's break down into the first meeting, second meeting, and third meeting. And you have no idea, no idea about the problem, no idea about, no context whatsoever. You get into the first call. And oftentimes people ask you, do you have any questions? Mm -hmm. And oftentimes I say, no, I don't have any questions. Mm -hmm. And that scenario happens either two, either two cases. One, either you understand everything or you don't understand anything. Mm -hmm. And the second case is more likely, more likely true when, somebody, uh, when you, you don't have any questions to ask. And that point of time, right? Point of time, what if we had a framework that we follow through to ask questions to the client. Yeah, that makes sense. So in that sense, right, this framework is very, very useful. Uh -huh. Then you start with circle, right? Comprehend the situation. Hey, why do you want to build this? What made you think about this? You know, the casual conversations about that. Who are you building this for? Right? So you have thought about this solution. What could be a second solution about this? What could be a third solution about this? And why, what are the reasons? Why, why do you choose the first solution, in, solution, solution than the second solution, right? So even in the first meeting, you have a library of questions that you can ask to the, the, ask to the client, which gives a context. So how do we how do we retain I think you know in a lot of examples it seems like from one company they have all this freedom to do all all this you know it could be really creative but like when you're working with a client it's how do we not how do we turn that away from being like a hindrance you know like we don't want to be working against the client to like yeah. be creative and do the framework so how so do we manage that it's that's where a bit of a nuance comes, a bit of an experience and art comes in. Mm -hmm. But at least you, you have this uh, 
arsenal of questions to ask then that's that that sets up a good expectation with the client as well okay in the first meeting itself these guys are going to ask questions these guys are intelligent these guys know what they are doing so i will be more open about it so you're level setting the expectation in the first meeting itself okay and i'm i'm talking about particular instance about being having an arsenal of questions to ask on the first meeting right and then that's the context setting and when the real problem solving comes in right we do a lot of product discovery so in the realm of product management there are two parts of product discovery and product development okay. and this framework is really really helpful for a product discovery part where documenting do you, uh where do you think the easiest places to go wrong with the framework like what's what's the what's what are the two biggest like derailing points that you could see potentially from a service industry perspective the from the, the number one is the client uh-huh. saying getting annoyed okay these guys are asking too many questions i just want them to do the what the the uh, what i said them to do mm-hmm. i figured out everything right that's the first the biggest risk and second risk is uh from our end we get we get too excited about one solution we think okay we are we don't have to follow through all of these things we just like uh, we just directly skip to the solution we have thought in mind and go to go with that i think these are more mostly emotional emotional uh short circuits that going to that will lead you to skip this process okay so um how can how can we uh like how does that scale between like project sizes then like how do we what are the growing pains of the of the framework between small and large projects i think it's about the time you spend on this right it depends on the complexities complexity of the project right if it's a large project then the amount of time you spend on identifying comprehending the situation looking at it from different angle like look at it from different angle mm-hmm. you identifying the customer going deep into personal personas and things like that reporting the customer needs and when the there is a bigger client a bigger project there may be more customers more type of users right uh, mm-hmm. those kind of things you spend more time on that then if you are you have bigger project then you have like uh so different priorities to take care of and we have multiple solutions to that and if you are a smaller client the time the time you spend on this following this process is less perhaps one or two weeks or if you are a bigger client it is a continuous process which you every problem that occurs you solve you go through this pro the process and so is it worthwhile to uh do you think a better learning experience is working through this on large projects or smaller projects cuz i i feel like they both have distinct challenges in their own I, way i as any framework in any framework right it's about execution is as important as knowledge itself and the experience of execution comes through execution mm-hmm. and through iterations so i recommend for going through a smaller projects and iterate iterate faster and and have the because because uh following this framework will have certain pitfalls not in the framework itself but executing it so we'll have to optimize it in that particular scenario so i would recommend following through in a s- smaller project and 
in a bigger project, like rather than following the entire bigger scope of things, whenever there is a one feature to add, right? So I recommend uh, one feature to add or one epic to go through or one uh, component to add. So I would recommend going, go, completing one or two iterations in one or two days. Uh, those components and scale to the entire problem-solving process. Okay, so so regardless, it seems like it's good to focus on components yeah. or at a time, anyways. Right. To structure the so, framework. Yeah. So because I'll give you an example from uh, requirement perspective, design perspective, and uh, engineering perspective. Right. So let's say you're uh, let's talk about from a requirement perspective someone comes to you an idea saying okay i want to build a mobile app for dogs right this okay. is uh, dogs is not in mobile apps for people mobile apps for elderly people someone comes to an app idea like that right and then you don't go through this mail and say okay your idea sounds great there is no uh, due diligence you don't do it do, do go through it then you say okay it makes sense let me just go and build a solution right away and after building the solution, you realize, okay, 65 plus people don't actually use smartphones, mm-hmm. right? Then, then, then what you haven't done is you haven't done the due diligence or due diligence on the uh, users, what are different contexts, right? What are different scenarios that will work and will not work from that perspective, mm-hmm. right? So that's like, that's why like to have the consistency of, uh, due diligence there is this is a method to scale that thing so that there is this kind of a checklist that we go through for every problem solving have we done comprehensive situation have you identified the customer have we reported customer needs have we listed the priorities have we listed different solutions right right so that uh, so that have you is there any trade-off to look at look at and also uh, finally, can we summarize the recommendation in such a way that uh, if people, uh, people, all of our team members and clients, everybody can can understand? Then, if you go to, oh, then you are, for example, you are at the first step, right? Computer. Why would elderly people smart use smartphone? In which situation they would use it? Uh-huh. Right. Then you ask that question. Then, huh? Can we go to second order, third order, fourth order root causes of the problem that we are solving it and solve that problem? rather than uh, looking from the periscope of the solution. Uh-huh. So it's actually that problem-solving framework this is. Okay. And for, from, the, from the designer's perspective, right, let's say I want to add a button, right? Mm-hmm. It sounds so innocuous, harmless. It's just a button. And I want to make it color green. Right right green and or red then i did that then i realized oh most of my users are colorblind so not thinking about accessibility right so now now you go through that process right all right in which situation i need a red button right okay who are my users oh my users are colorblind that means i can't use that right Uh Say, then if from the from the engineer's perspective, okay, I'm going to write, I'm going to make a, 
for, for example, I have to call, I, I need to submit 100 employee records. Right. And that's my, that's my constraint. The thing is, okay, I don't have, uh, I don't have, I cannot, the number of amounts of API calls I can make is 10 per second. That's a constraint. Mm-hmm. But I'm not aware of that constraint. So I go and say, oh, for each employee record, I'm going to make an API call. Mm-hmm. So for 200 employees, you're making 200 per second and it's going to crash the entire thing. Mm-hmm. Right? And if you go through a thing and you know, okay, my constraint is I can't make more than 20 API calls per second. Mm-hmm. Now I'm going to make, uh, I'm, so my solution should be a solution to meet that constraint. So can I just, instead of doing the one API call, can I do batch processing, something like that? Can I send all of those so that I do and make, make uh, to send 200 employees in one API call, something like that, even from engineering perspective. Because now I'm thinking about, okay, shall I do 20 per, per API call or one per API call? What are the pros and cons, right? It makes you think from, you're about a solution of a different angle. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So now, now if you think about it, it's not about the scale of the client. It's about actually about, this is a problem solving heuristics. From, from and, all the all, all different angles of the all all, all different angles mm-hmm. and it and at different stages right in first meeting or second meeting or anybody when somebody asks me to solve uh, solve a problem on the fly so i have arsenal arsenal of questions and the heuristic that i go through to get to the solution and i get to the solution therefore i'm not scared about uh, being thrown a curveball but whenever that's uncertain or unknown questions are asked to me, I have a trajectory or I have the heuristics checklist to go answer the question. I like that. Yeah. So, so it's a matter of, of everyone understanding their role and what heuristics are yeah. fall under their jurisdiction. Correct. So it's a, now it becomes a, even if you go to a, let's say, and now this framework becomes, as I say, right, this is a problem solving framework, mm-hmm. right? So uh, problem solving framework, and you do follow that framework that helps you actually uh, gives you the uh, exhaustive l- list of questions to you should be asking to solve that problem. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, so that, that's the reason why I share this circles method, right? Yeah, I think, I think the circles method is a really like applicable way for us all to see how we can fit. And I, and I like your explanation because then everyone can kind of see how they fit into that, whether they're a developer or a designer or um, a project manager. So that, that's good to hear. Right. So there are more to it, but fundamentally, it's about problem solving approach, heuristics. And everybody's aware of that and aware of that, then, then all of us speak the same language. And this becomes a very scalable heuristics that we all of us follow. And even if, uh, especially in our case, like even most of our folks don't speak English, uh, don't have a, not a native English speaker. Then we have this arsenal of questions and heuristics ready. And we, whenever we are put in front of a client, 
about problem solving on the fly, or like we have uh, really time to think through any problem. So we follow this heuristics and we, we produce something which is, which is with a solution that fits to that problem rather than a solution that is looking for a problem to solve. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like that idea. So not looking, solving real solutions versus solving solutions that you've made up. <laughs> you made up, yeah. And most likely that happens. Uh, I can, uh, but I don't want to name a project, right? The, the most likely situation is, okay, I have this idea, solution in my mind. Can I b- build a product product, and see where, where it fits? Mm-hmm. Right? Most likely people come to that. And our, as us for who are an expert in building products, it's our responsibility to guide them to the right problem solving approach and build the right solution. In, in some instances, not, this, not build the product at all. So I, I can give you an example. In, uh, in example, uh, so in, there is one case in Laudio. I, can, I think in Laudio, like, there was a product for nurses, a forum for nurses, and forum for nurses that exchange like, what happened in the uh, nurses to talk, communicate one another during when they are in the, they, they are in the shift, right? So it was a mobile app. And through asking a series of asking questions and things like that, then we realized, okay, compare in the situation, right? Why would nurse managers use the forum, right? When would they use the forum, right? Yeah. Oh, they would use the forum when they are in, they are, uh, so they are, in, they, they are in a shift or they shift or when they are traveling to shift or when they are from work. And most people who, most people who nurses who said, I don't want to trust, think about work when I, why I'm, I'm not at work. Mm-hmm. And then we realized, and then also another thing was, all right, when they'll use, they, when they're on shift, it, it seems like most hospitals want them to lock their cell phones when they are in the shift. Mm-hmm. Correct? Yeah. And in that scenario, no matter, no magical mobile app you built, it's not going to get used. So it's a solution for, for a problem that isn't yeah. viable. Yeah. yeah. Then, then we, we go through that, like, See, we are on product experts, right? We, we walk our customers, our clients, our, our, our partners through this process and guide them through this right. process and even make them build, not build the product. That would be the right thing to do rather than invest their money in building the wrong product, which is infeasible at all. And that, and that goes with being like a thought partner and not yes, just being thought like partner. Correct. But because on, in that example, if we're just building it because they want it, then yeah. we're not really doing what we want. We're not being the kind of company that we want to be. Correct. Mm-hmm. Then we like, uh, then when we do that, we become the leader, right? We, we are thought partners and we the leaders of the product, leaders of the product development, product expert, engineering experts and things, uh, and real value added leader. Rather than this, okay, we'll, we'll say whatever you guys build us to do. We don't have our mind. We just have our hands, right? You mm-hmm. give us a solution. You go everything else. We'll just put everything together and get it built for you. And that's not the kind of company that we want to be. Right. In fact, uh, it's a good question for, uh, it's a good framework for in, our, in every scenario, right? 
to think about when you're going through an argument, having an argument as well with someone, when you want to debate or any, anything else. Good framework to have. Do you mean like, what, what, what do you mean by that? Like, it's how, like how would that structure a debate? So for example, right, you are, uh, you're discussing about, let's say, whether electric car will solve the problem or not. Right. So in my, in my scenario, mm-hmm. let's say we're talking about, let's say, uh, autonomous, that Tesla autonomous vehicle in Kathmandu, Nepal. I think we'll solve the transportation problem. Uh-huh. Then, then, then that's, a, that's a big solution, right? Then we are debating that and say, hey, let's see, let's see if this works for Nepal, Nepal or not. And we follow this, okay, compare the situation. What is Nepal's context? Why would you need that thing? Who would, need, who would need it, right? What are different cases that people use it, right? How, many, how much person people spend it? Okay, if I get this car, all right, they can, what are different ways that I can think about people will buy this car or use this car, right? Right. And if you go walk through this kind of thing, then you'll realize, okay, whether this is feasible or infeasible. And you have, uh, then you can find flaws in someone's argument as well. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. For example, somebody is proposing your second fossil, and you can simply ask, hey, have you thought about the second source? And what would that be? Uh-huh. You don't have to be a smart person giving a smart solution. You just have to ask someone for, you don't have to be, uh, there's an individual, right? You don't have to be, have to have a better answer. You just have to find a flaw in somebody's argument. So asking questions, I guess, is your way to win an argument, is what I'm doing. <laughs> That's a good way of doing that as well. Right? Yeah. Smart people, smart like debaters do that. That's true. Yeah. Well, um, I think that's a great start to the conversation about this framework. Um, and I, I think we should continue it on another episode. Yeah, I think so. Uh, use it. Try it on. Try it on when your next client call. Try it on. See for yourself whether this is productive or not. It doesn't. It's, there's no harm in trying. There's no cost of trying. Right? Just try it and see it. If if it works for you, keep it. If it doesn't work for you, think about why it didn't work. Is there anything that you can tinker around to make it work? And in that particular scenario that we can discuss about it, okay, in this scenario, this framework actually didn't work. Mm-hmm. So how can, whether it's, am I practicing wrong or is this, there is a flaw in this flaw in this uh, framework? So we can discuss about that in detail. That sounds great. Well, thanks for your time today. Thanks. Thanks for your time. Yeah, talk to you later. Sure.